0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Dan Bach talks to the biggest personalities in DFS, delivers commentary on the industry's most important topics, and gives you the advice you need to help build winning lineups. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head games, you are just going to lose. You didn't really think we were going to get rid of that, did you? Here's your host, the one and only Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome. Dan Bach, Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix podcast here on this Tuesday. Uh, no games for us to talk about today. We'll have a big NBA slate for you tomorrow. So if you're not into the industry conversation, you want to fast forward, that's fine. Uh, if you want to hear a little bit about uh, my thoughts on vandal's uh, CEO leaving, well, that's what I'm going to talk about here today on the podcast because I think it's pretty important news in the world of daily fantasy sports and that's what we like to touch up on here on this podcast. Um uh, obviously need to say thank you to a bunch of people. First off, Rodeo Grinders party this weekend. Incredible. Thanks to Draft, thanks to everybody who showed up at this thing? As you could probably hear, my my voice, my pipes are not as clean as I think they normally are on this show. So uh, that's going to happen when you're 38. You try to play basketball. You try to like party three nights in a row. Uh, luckily, we only do one of these things a year because I'm fairly certain there's zero chance I could do it more than that. And uh, but it was a fun time. It was great to catch up with uh, some old faces in the Daily Fantasy uh, world, a bunch of new guys, both at Roto Grinders and, and other players in the DFS industry who I hadn't been able to meet before. I always love these sort of things. I look forward to the live events and, and and talking and seeing, you know, the players who are, you know, grinding these games. So I, I love that aspect of it. And a huge thank you to Draft. They did an awesome job with their live final. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, I got to give more kudos to our production team, we did this live show, and if you didn't get a chance to watch it, you could probably watch it back and get some entertainment value out of it. But the actual draft itself on uh, on Saturday night was something that we we'd never done before, and uh, we put you know multiple cameras, we had you know multiple producers, we had everything except security guards, which is the one thing we probably needed more than anything, uh, but. It was a whole lot of fun and it kind of gave us a glimpse into trying to do a higher level live production outside of, you know, our cozy home studios and, and the roto studios and whatnot. And uh, and I thought it, I thought we actually did an amazing job. So, you know, our production team, guys like Simon and Devin and David, they don't get enough credit for what we've built, I think, here at Roto-Grinders. And I want to give those guys a ton of credit because they put in... Uh, countless amount of hours prepping us for that. And, you know, me and Dave just talking, having fun. You know, we're just the, the the faces of the whole thing. There's so many people behind the scenes who killed it to make it happen. So thank you so much to them. And uh, and the event itself was, was terrific. You know, uh, doing a live final, having that breakdown. The players were so cool afterwards. You know, I was a little bit worried because, you know, we have our little you know, drafts, and we do the draft live, we do a lot of trash talking, we talk strategy. I didn't know how that was going to necessarily go in this kind of 10-person draft, but talking to uh, a lot of the finalists afterwards, they all had a good time with it, Um, and it it was a whole lot of fun. Huge shout-out going to Cash Monet, who was the big winner. I called it, too. I saw his lineup afterwards, and he was the one that I thought... Uh, had the best chance of winning, and sure enough, Keenan Allen uh, didn't. He wasn't the answer. It was Philip Rivers, uh, was the guy that kind of got it done for him late. DeAndre Hopkins, just a really well-rounded lineup, and uh, and huge credit to him for winning that forty thousand uh, dollars. Also, need to say thank you now to Fantasy Draft. They are the sponsor of this show, and want to remind you we've got a Carolina Millions final coming up uh, uh, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but on Thursday. So uh, three-game slate best strategy I can give you is don't be afraid to leave some money on the table uh, if you're playing that because we're limited in the number of high-dollar guys that we have. And, uh, you know, you want to avoid some lineup, you know, duplication. And don't be afraid to use, like, three tight ends. I know, like, my first lineup that I built over there used, like, three tight ends and kind of liked it. So, like, Vernon Davis, a little uh, Evan Ingram, throw in, I don't know, Kyle Rudolph, Can do fun things like that on a three game slate over at Fantasy Draft. So, thank them for their sponsorship and support them for allowing us to bring you like free content like we've got here on this very show. Uh, All right, I want to talk about the news of the day that hit yesterday. Nigel Eckles stepping down as CEO of FanDuel. He has uh, run that company for as long as certainly it's been around. He was the uh, co founder of it. And, uh, you know, I think it's important that we acknowledge uh, how important. Nigel has been to the daily fantasy industry because uh he was you know he's got the term the godfather but he was at the forefront of making DFS what it is today he was the first CEO he was the first guy who developed a product and felt like you know he how do I get it out to the masses you know there were a few other games that came even before FanDuel but they never were able to sell it to the masses, mainly probably because they'd never been able to sell it to the venture capitalists of the world who have the millions and millions of dollars to uh, to grow businesses. And he was able to do that. And I can't thank him enough for, for doing it because I would not be living the life that I do right now. I would not be a... Uh, a broadcaster working from home, more than likely. Who knows? I'd probably be, uh, you know, in the sticks doing talk radio somewhere. I don't know what what my life would have been become uh, without it. But uh, I'm so thankful for what it is today, and I owe uh, a tremendous amount of gratitude to him. And I think pretty much everybody in the daily fantasy space absolutely should. Now, with that said, you know, you got to look at this. I don't want to say ouster because I I don't know the circumstances around it. I don't know if the board asked him to resign, I don't know if he said <coughs> I just want to move on to something different, but um uh, whatever the scenario is, and I don't want I don't think it's fair for me to speculate on necessarily what that could be. Um but clearly FanDuel has fallen way behind DraftKings and you know it's not really a surprise for people who've been in the industry over the last 2 years. But if you were in the industry like four or five years ago, it's absolutely shocking, because there was a time where Fanduel had a uh, like a seventy. It felt like eighty percent market share. I remember doing a read on Sirius. It was like eight out of ten players in fantasy, daily fantasy sports play on Fanduel, and I thought that was like a strange thing to mention. But it also you know showed how big of a footprint they had. They owned the market. And that was only a couple of years ago. And in a short amount of time, you know, DraftKings just absolutely sped by them. Uh, and, you know, why that happened, it's up for debate. You know, I definitely think FanDuel was very risk-averse on a lot of different levels. And I think it's kind of come back to bite them somewhat, where DraftKings on the flip side had been hyper-aggressive in, in a lot of different avenues. And, you know, one perfect example of this is Texas you know one of the largest states we have and FanDuel works a deal out with the attorney general to pull out where DraftKings says no we're just going to fight you in court and stay open for business I mean think of how many millions of dollars in business that DraftKings gets from that one singular move that FanDuel doesn't same could have been for golf oh is it you know is it legal is it not legal and FanDuel was always super conservative think about how much money over the last three years, DraftKings has been able to make for their business that FanDuel hasn't because they didn't offer that game or offer NASCAR or offer MMA. So I think there's there's definitely some criticism to be had on that. Does that fall directly on his shoulders? I don't know. I don't know how the management structure necessarily works over there. But um, I think that he probably has to be responsible for some of that. And, you know, I think there's... There's a big difference between being an entrepreneur, somebody who has a vision to start something new, create something new, and he is clearly somebody who is a great entrepreneur. Now, does that make you a great CEO? Not necessarily. And I think there's a big difference between being a CEO of a, you know one and a half billion dollar, Business and being an entrepreneur. And, uh, and I think that maybe things just outgrew him a little bit because uh, I was, you know, it's got to be almost frustrating and staggering for some of those investors to look back and say, wow, we were not just the gold standard, but we own the market. And here we are a couple of years later. And we have lagged tremendously behind where a competitor who wasn't even in the field for the longest time has now, you know, blown by us. And, you know, maybe it was finally time to, like, step aside and say, okay, we need to hand the reins over to somebody else to see if they can't change the trajectory of what's happening here. Um, and maybe this is just wrong. Like, maybe he's just like, no, I'm, I'm done with this. I want to do esports. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. But that's kind of my view as an outsider of potentially what kind of took place here. So uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time because, like, FanDuel is still really running massive games. We've got million dollar NFL games, we've got million dollar NBA tournaments, you know, seemingly every night. There's tons of money and there's room in this market for two really large companies and you know, we're seeing the struggle, not the struggle but the um, you know, the push by other companies like Draft and Fantasy Draft trying to gain more market share and it's just so interesting to to wonder what the space is going to look like in another year, another two years. What is sports betting going to do with that? So uh, I think that uh, I think it's fascinating, but uh, I'm not shocked to necessarily see it happen. Um, just simply because of what has happened over the last couple of years, and sometimes changing of leadership can uh, can change the direction of things. So, um, but as I opened up with. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about Nigel. Always a class act with me. Never, you know, always super open and honest and willing to to talk about whatever I wanted to bring up. And uh, and again, I owe way more to him than, you know, almost anybody else in this daily fantasy space because I don't think most of us here at Rotor Grinders would have jobs. We probably wouldn't have as great of a hobby as we do today. We wouldn't be playing for millions of dollars. You know, is it possible that somebody else could have, sold that vision? Maybe, but but who knows if that would have really happened? Who knows what would have materialized from it? Because it's not like Daily Fantasy just legitimately started like the year FanDuel opened. That wasn't the case. There were some other opportunities before then. FanDuel just, you know, took the hyper-aggressive sta- steps to say, we know how to market this. And, uh, and for that, I thank him very much. Now, Matt King moves over as CEO, and I don't have a lot of uh, experience with Matt. I think I might have met him at a handful of the live finals over the years, but not a guy who's, you know, a co-founder in the company. Uh, he actually had left the company for um, another venture like a year or two ago, and now they're kind of bringing him back, so uh, I'm not super familiar with him, uh, certainly a guy I'd love to talk with and, and hear about what he has to say and what the future plans are. But it's also the last press release was pretty interesting where FanDuel clearly is looking at profitability as an important thing for them, saying we want to be, you know, we expect to be profitable profitable by the end of like 2018, which has never been something that has been a particular goal of too many daily fantasy sports sites out there. And you're, and you're probably wondering, like, that doesn't make sense, Dan. Don't you run a business to make money. Like, yeah, you do run a business to make money, but also, you know, you run a business to grow your business so you can make the most amount of money, you know, might be five or 10 or 20 years down the road. You look at, you know, a business like Uber and they lose, you know, hundreds and millions of dollars every single year, but they're also, you know, changing the the entire face of transportation in this, in this, uh, in this, in this, society we live in so you know there's there's definitely um you know just because today you're not quote unquote profitable that doesn't mean that you're not building something larger and i think it's it's an interesting change and difference in the mentality between fanduel and draftkings Because i feel like draftkings is still looking at it in a complete other direction saying no we're just looking for the long-term picture of how big and how monstrous of a brand we can build, you know, going beyond just the Daily Fantasy games themselves, whether it's the apparel, whether it's, you know, live streaming out there with the EPL games, um, you know, they've made a particular effort to make their business far greater than just Daily Fantasy, where, you know, if FanDuel is looking to be profitable, you know, they're clearly running their business um, uh, with, purse strings much more in mind in terms of salaries of employees number of employees and and basically the ultimate goal of their business now i don't you might ask yourself why why would they do i don't know i mean i'm not in the board i don't know what their ultimate end game is whether it's to be sold here in the short term whether it's just to you know show that profitability to outlast i don't know what their what their plan is going to be but um, it will be interesting to see with new leadership if we have you know wholesale changes in the way that things are done at FanDuel, and I don't know if it's anything we're going to see in the short term, but uh, in the long term, I'm looking forward to seeing what we have. But uh, there's my quick thoughts, 15 minute podcast for you. Not a whole lot. I don't know if my uh, I don't know if my vocal cords could handle much more than that anyway. But uh, that's what I have for you. So I guess final thank you to. to um, Fantasy Draft for their support of the show. Make sure you run over there. Play in that Thursday, Carolina Millions. And again, no NBA tonight, but uh, that'll be back tomorrow. I'll try and get a podcast out for you early, and we'll break it down as it should be a full Wednesday because we got nothing on Thursday, NBA-wise, that's solely going to be for football. Um, thank you for listening, downloading, be a part of this amazing community of fantasy players here at Roto Grinders, and uh, I'll check you again tomorrow, place here on the Fix Podcast. Have a great day, everybody. See you. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series Gas Grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619. U.S. only. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the Progressive Box. Old moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's...